Welcome to episode 25 of Expanding Beyond. I'm holding the fort here in Germany. It's still slowly <laughs> <laughs> warming up again. And you, Monica, you are still on holiday in Italy. Yes, I'm still in the wild, wild south uh, on holiday for another couple of days uh, and enjoying the 27 degrees and the mosquitoes. And the allergies. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, that, that, that too, that too. <laughs> So apologies for the noise, the potential sneeze and stuff like that. I'm I'm sorry, but I, that that I cannot help. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the alternative would have been to not record at all, which also isn't nice, I guess. No. Maybe we start with with a topic from my side this time. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been on holiday because I'm not switching jobs, <laughs> so and it's still kind of. <laughs> kind of hard to figure out where to go even these days mm -hmm. um so i've been working and in our team we have been trying to come up with a a bigger decision so we um until maybe one or two years ago um in that company everything was basically in one application and now uh, some parts have been um cut out which we are working on mm -hmm. There's some connections to third-party APIs basically happening and, happening and we're importing data into our um, system for the customers. And then someone in the beginning had the great idea to say, hey, this sounds like ETL. So let's pick one of those off-the-shelf ETL tools where you just click around and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Turns out <laughs> what we are doing also... It's not also, that easy. <laughs> yeah. Turns out what we do all involves quite a lot of business logic and databases. It's not very nice to use a tool like that that isn't really meant for it. And mm. you, at least in the specific case that the tool that we have is also uh, basically it's not possible to test. And then you rely on manual testing and then you sort of, sort of some tests that sort of test the whole system of multiple services, which is sort of okay but they're super slow and you of, mm. of course can't test everything so one of the first things i did when i came back to the company is said yeah why can't we just get rid of that <laughs> and everyone yes. everyone said yes please um but of course management then said okay we're not against this but what would the effort be to rewrite it all uh, what are your reasons uh, for doing is this exactly and what exactly would you use instead mm. um, good questions and, yeah and and the great thing is there that basically they ask a question we get them we get to answer them basically and uh, propose uh, what to use and we're also trying to figure out a way to help them make that decision basically yeah so the first thing that we did that I did basically is say okay now of course, I'm going to write this in Ruby. <laughs> yes, of course. And then I wrote a tiny, tiny spike for this, um, which obviously was a bit more um, challenging than expected, as it always is. Mm. There's always more to do than you think. And one of the the other team members, he, he went out and looked at various other tools out there. Maybe find something that has a bit more building blocks already there that we don't have to implement ourselves. And he sort of looked at the various tools, I think four in the end, and then we already were able to narrow it down to one. 
of those using various criteria like how easy is it to test is it less overhead less than just i don't know writing it in ruby and deploying it to heroku um so that that sort of that heroku thing already excluded aws in its various forms yes. because this is not sort of one of the easy tools to use i guess and yeah and this is basically where we are he's going to with the one tool we picked as the best contender basically against what we have and sort of the custom app that we would write is also going to write a tiny uh, spike until next week and then we can sort of compare and then we sort of have those three contenders and we still need to build our decision matrix basically uh, to figure out what all the criteria are supposed to be to decide between them mm -hmm. and then we will have to go to management when they're back from their holiday <laughs> yes <laughs> and figure out together what what we are going to do in the future what are the criteria you're looking at so um i don't have them have all of them top of mind but one is testing of course mm -hmm. which basically the current app thing that we have basically scores a zero i would say <laughs> yes <laughs> we can't really do it Oops. then there's also um integration in the rest of our infrastructure like for example we use datadog for our logging and of course it would be nice to have this integrated there as well yeah. then how uh, easy would that would it be to write stuff there um for a developer and to, to sort of figure out how that works that was one of the criteria because this this gui solution that we have right now is very confusing and as a developer it's very hard to understand what is even going on there but we've also included sort of the other direction to say how easy it is for a non-developer to understand mm. Um, there are tools out there where you can sort of, I don't know, have your boxes and errors. And maybe those are easier to understand for a non-developer. Personally, I'm not super convinced that in the long run they are useful. Okay. But, I mean, this is also something to look at. And, of course, one of the things is uh, how much knowledge do we already have on that stuff. This is sort That's of, a good point. Right? If you build it in Ruby and if you use Sidekick and Postgres and Redis and... Then we basically deploy it on Heroku. We basically have done that a few times and have a few apps running. So we basically know what's going on. Uh, if we use something new, then of course that has a learning curve and it's sort of, you would have to make up for it in some other way where this is, has bigger advantages. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were a few more. I'm sure we'll come up with a few more in the coming weeks, but these are the ones I can remember. Gotcha. Do you different uh, weights to the to different criteria like is there something that is more important than other criteria either this is there or there isn't like there's no point in even looking at this you said testing was one right I mean these are sort of the how good is each tool in each in, in each category that's sort of as a team we can sort of uh, do giving the weights um, that's something we plan to do together with management because I think that's a bit of a decision that everyone needs to make together. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it could, of course, also be that they say, hey, if you if there's something new to learn, then that's fine. We don't want to, I don't know. And then they don't find that that important, for example. Mm. But that's sort of the direction we're going. Yeah, 
I mean, that's just a pretty pretty uh, big learning curve, that whole thing for me. Luckily, we have a, a product owner who is very experienced in all that stuff and helped us guide us through that. And then we are hopefully getting there so that we can start basically <laughs> building stuff because this, is a, of course, has backed up quite a few things because you don't want to start building something new in the old tool when you then, I don't know, a few weeks later decide you want to rewrite the whole thing. I'm thinking that usually rewriting something from scratch, there's a lot of unknowns in any case. Even if you cover a lot of the bases, there's still a lot of unknowns. It's it's a new system, right? So I, I do understand why, especially management or in general, like it can be scary to say, hey, let's let let's go back to the drawing board and redo it. Yeah, and and on that topic, yeah, what what we have also been doing uh, through the last weeks is actually document what we currently have and how oh. it works, <laughs> because that system is very hard to understand, especially for a developer, because it works so differently. This it says most of the work has also been done by external contractors mm. who are sort of loosely associated with that tool, and we just want to fully understand what exactly is going on, what the what, what, which APIs are being called and which decisions are being made so that we can also at least give a rough idea how how complex rewriting each of those would be because they are all a bit different. Some are really easy, some are more complex. And yeah, this is sort of the, the other thing that we had. We said, okay, that tool, we, we have no idea what is going on mm. <laughs> and now we are responsible for it. That is not a great feeling. Basically. Yes, I can totally understand. We also do have a system as part of the constellation uh, of uh, of the services we have that has been rewritten and enhanced compared to the previous version we had by an external team. And in this case, like I think our managers, our what back then were heads, basically they did a good job in trying to convey the importance of following certain practices. So they also picked a, an agency that is specialized in doing work with a certain mindset. So there was a lot of set of testing. So we still have testing uh, tests that are running. We, we tried to convey the kind of um, patterns that we use. So for example, we use services, we use interactors, we use this, this and that. So they were trying to mimic as much as possible the way we develop internally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still different. It, it's uh, it's interesting to see how from the same root you can have such differences. But then it was a, it's it's a part of uh, of our system that it's not heavily developed, and therefore there isn't a lot of internal knowledge because it works. Therefore, don't touch it. Right. Uh, so it works. We don't need to develop it. So let it stay that way. And yeah. the the knowledge of what what was going on, what is going on in there, it's very sparse in the, in the company. So I think you guys did a, the right decision in in deciding to documenting everything. We are sort of in the uh, actually on a, in a broader sense uh, for that area of our code base. We are basic of our infrastructure. Even we are in the same place that. Part of it have be, had been developed a long time ago, mm-hmm. even by me, the previous time I was there hmm. as one of the first projects I did. I wonder who's this person. 
And then it was sort of not much has happened for the last, I don't know, in the last half year, maybe stuff has happened. Um, but before then, there was like a year or two where almost mm. nothing was done. People left. And we are currently, we are by now the first team that is actually dedicated to this. Previously, it was sort of a secondary uh, responsibility that sort of moved from team to team. And there was never really anyone who really, really understood what was going on. So when we now dig through the code and try to understand stuff, then there are some glaringly obvious things that, I don't know, someone who probably didn't understand the system deep enough just forgot to do or didn't think of. Yes. Uh, we also have the problem we are sort of taking over from one of the other teams. Um, from that team, most people have already left the company and we are stuck with some tickets and we did some tickets we actually did without um, really, really investigating. And we said, yeah, they wrote the tickets. They must be fine. And turns out it's not and necessarily they true. Weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you see that like, this is also very, uh, very interesting. There is a lot of what is called the curse of knowledge. I think as precise as you can be, the fact that you still carry some of that knowledge with you makes some things inevitably implicit for you. And you don't even see it that they might might be necessary for someone else to understand the context on the requests, the requirements, stuff like that. So it's um, that, that's why in a way it's so important to, to document before leaving. Uh, and uh, in, I think what could be interesting is to have a pairing with someone over time before someone leaves so that they can like, you know, the, the concept of pair programming with the navigator and the driver. Um, mm -hmm. So, the driver is actually the person that is uh, that doesn't know about the system, and then the navigator is there to give them context. It's like so that they get to be asked questions. Um, what hey, what what do you mean by this? And then you might have uh, better luck. Yeah, we did have a, a set of sessions with one of the lead developers on that previous team. Mm -hmm. They are all recorded, and he sort of gave an introduction to each external API. Uh, that we use and how um uh, what the current status is what's still what they were still working on what what they think need to change but of course you can't cover everything so yeah you can really tell we are slowly coming to the point that we, we maybe we are now the people who understand this the best <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's also a point of you know having this trade-off like ideally you could have something that is perfect as a you know handoff or um or documentation, but that 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 little part, the little effort, air quotes, that would make things really perfect, is it really worth it? I mean, it's pretty expensive to go so deep into into something. Yeah, and you never know what exactly will be yeah. important later on, right? I mean, that's always the thing. If people leave, uh, yeah, I mean, this is always that's why you want to uh, have this knowledge shared across multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think we are getting close and we can make a decision and actually try it out and build one of the next uh, things in there. And then afterwards we can, we hopefully realize that we made the right decision and have, don't have to change uh, the course again. <laughs> I mean, at that point, then it, you have this thing of like, is it worth throwing everything away again and take a tool or keep doing what you are doing. Is this 
core part of the application? Is this something that you guys develop all the time? It's part of the core business? I would say it is one of the important parts. Yes, um, I mm -hmm. assume customers would want to have all this data from all these various external providers in the system. However, if that stuff like doesn't work for a day or two days or there's some tiny bugs, then it's not that important because there's no real interaction directly with the customer. It's just, I don't know, you do something in the system, you add, I don't know, a new company to your uh, portfolio and then eventually some scoring some data for that company shows up. This is sort of the data mm -hmm. we as a team provide, but it's not like it has to be there in the next second. It is an important part, but it's not like if it's not working as good as it should, then the customer would notice, right? So Yeah, my question was coming more like one of the, one of the criteria that we uh, are using when deciding if buying or building something lately, it has been, is this part of our core business in terms of like knowledge that we need to have? Yeah, in that sense, certainly is yeah mm, okay because we get the data from external providers i don't know for example some for some financial ratings for a company they give some kind of scores and then we have to map that to whatever that would be in our system and mm -hmm. figure out which of the the financial ratings they provide are even useful in our case and this is i think core sort of important yeah. that we uh, sort of are in charge of managing that part yeah, because in the past, especially like depending on the size of the company and depending also on the priorities uh, at that at that point in time, we have decided in the past, for example, to have our own authentication system and our own activation system, let's say. So like what we call the payment service, it's actually fundamentally it's a it's a it's a piece of our system that doesn't really process this payment. It just like takes whatever information is coming from the payment provider where the payment has been processed and then gives access to the paid functionality within the app. Mm -hmm. So this part as of now has been built by us. But at some point, the question is, uh, the question would be, do we still, is it worth it to maintain and to enhance this kind of system with whatever changes are out there from payment providers or you want to change a payment provider so you have to re-implement certain things blah 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 or could it be worth it to move to a paid software as a service fundamentally uh proxy let's say so you just inject mm -hmm. their just air quotes again um inject their libraries in your uh, in your in your system and you use that uh, so you don't have to care about re-implementing all the notification processes uh, um, uh, process. Yeah, My English I mean, is being broken. People have been in Italy for a week and I haven't <laughs> spoken a lot of English. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, there's the one thing that what those APIs, those uh, service providers that we use to get this data, they are very niche and very specialized. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure there's anything... Uh, you could even use yeah and yeah i mean that as a team we, we we sort of built this but we also have to i don't know make our um monolith the core system basically ready to 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 extract a lot of that stuff out of it anyway so part of it is really old like the code that i wrote four years ago maybe and then mm. 
there it's still in the core system that needs to be extracted into an external service and part of it is like yes building that external system that could yeah this is sort of where we are deciding do we really build this our own or is there some off-the-shelf solution mm -hmm. where it gets easier to build um that's not entirely clear yet um but it still leaves us with a lot of work in that core system to clean it up and to finally do all those uh, refactorings that are necessary to make the system work better basically so exciting times ahead in the next month yes anything interesting from the decision matrix something that surfaced when putting all those um, alternatives uh, on the on the matrix um so the one thing that became clearer and clearer the longer we looked at that stuff is that looking at what we do as uh, etl so you is just the wrong thing because there's so much business mm. logic going on that it's probably too too custom and picking solutions like that uh, just makes it more difficult than it actually helps so when i built my spike in ruby i first tried to use one of the um etl libraries for ruby out there mm -hmm. and then i realized this is actually making it harder to do what i want because i have a certain sequence of two different apis that i need to call one from our side, one from the external side, and then sort of in certain criteria sort of combine the data. And that's just probably more difficult to do it in a way that looks like ETL, where you basically transform but, uh, data from one to the other, because that's not entirely uh, what we are doing. Mm. And I think this is sort of where the underlying problem comes from. <laughs> when you think about this, then it sometimes gets very tricky to even do. And I think that was the the main thing. So there, there are some big ETL uh, uh, cloud services out there, and we basically uh, rejected them all because we said this is not really what we, we are looking for. Yeah. Then it was definitely helpful uh, to have such a yeah. such a conversation. Yeah, certainly. Because on the other hand, it's actually quite easy to say, yeah, let's just use that. What could go wrong? Yeah, I mean, this this sort of was sort of the decisions that was made to pick that one tool. And now we want to pick something else and we want to do it uh, in a more op uh, objective way, which of course is mm -hmm. always hard to really do it, but at least we want to provide as much data as we can to make an informed decision on why we want to pick whatever other tool we want to pick. Very well done. Very mature. Yeah, let's see how that turns out then, and if it was the <laughs> right decision in the end. Yes. You do you have know. set any... I don't know, like deadline or particular signal for uh, when deciding to potentially pull the plug and uh, and change and revisit. Yeah, within the next weeks. So we 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 work we we more or less work in a two week release cycle, and during this release cycle, which or during next release cycle, we wanna in the, so in, within the next two weeks, we wanna make the decision mm. and then basically start because we've. We have been gearing up to integrate one of the new, newer, a newer API, and that is sort of waiting on the sidelines currently while we make that decision. Gotcha. All right. So that was my. These were my last few weeks of not writing code. Not but bad. I said, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would prefer to sometimes also write code. <laughs> I will get back to it, I guess. Uh, do you feel like you are? you're writing less code than you should is it just a period does it come with your role or is it I, just 
a feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just this period, right? We want to mm. we wanna make that decision. We also decided to document everything we have. Maybe not now, but eventually, we sh if we really move away from that tool, we would need to rewrite stuff and we would need to know yeah. what actually to do. Uh, so it's just we focus on doing that now so that it's done and then we can back get back to to other stuff and coding and and that's why I'm not also so, that's also why I'm not a manager <laughs> because <laughs> I, it's important to me it'll come back it'll come back soon it certainly will yeah so this was my side now how about your topic Monica oh what's happening on my side not much and that's beautiful um as a, as we said at the beginning um as I wrote here in our notes, I'm just chilling in between jobs. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was the the goal. It was the intent. So it was really something that I decided to do on purpose. And I mean, of course, there were also some circumstances like I have some spare vacation days uh, that for uh, our friends in the states, I don't know how many of you knows, but at the moment I'm have that exists here, like, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm having like 27 vacation days uh, per year. And we also have a lot of bank holidays in Bavaria. So we have a lot of free days. And if I switch job, I cannot just, you know, carry over those days that I was supposed to take until uh, this time of the year. So I have to take them before switching. And therefore, I uh, ended up having on on my hands something like 10 days of holidays and I was like okay uh, let's just try to do something that takes my my mind off uh, off work and I should have listened to my friends when they told me I should have taken more days because I, I could have potentially just you know postponed uh, a little bit the uh, starting the new job yeah. there's reasons why I, I don't <laughs> think it's uh, right now is the right moment um therefore I was like yeah now 10 days are gonna be totally enough they aren't people. They aren't. So listen to your friends. Um, <laughs> but the, because the, the, the point is that especially I think the more you stay in a company, the more your mind absorbs everything around you. If I'm thinking about startups and especially the new kind of management that is all the rage out there, you bring a lot of yourself uh, to work. You you. Or at least that's what I do. Like, I think I do get pretty attached to the people, mm -hmm. to uh, to the company, to uh, to the job itself. It comes a bit with the territory of being a manager that would like to uh, be a good servant leader. Therefore, you you pour a lot of your heart into uh, into the work. The longer you have been in a company, the more you are into it. So I think the more time you need to just get out and uh, it's like going back to the surface. Um, so you need to decompress <laughs> a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, but I, I, I noticed that right yeah. now as well. I was, I don't know, I take a, a walk every day to sort of clear my head a bit. And mm. today I basically thought about decision and how we are, what we're doing and what else could be done. Mm. And right now it's just uh, very hard to detach myself from from work i think it's also very it also doesn't help that i work from home uh, because yes. that that part is missing 
where before I, I went to downtown Munich, basically. It took me one hour to get there, which wasn't great. But at least on the way back, I was still, it took me one hour from work to be home. And at that time, during that time, I could sort of wind down already. And mm -hmm. now it's basically, I don't know, 30 seconds from my office yeah. to wherever everyone it's very else blurry. is. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree with you. It's, it's a very similar feeling. This, this lack of detachment from, um, from what has been happening until like 20 seconds ago. And I mean, one of the reasons why I am also feeling this way is that I, I do believe that Freeletics is a lot about the people and that makes people just connect more. So like, of course, you care about the company you're working at or the product, the, the projects you are working on. I think that on average, most of us do because otherwise mm. it would be very, very hard to show up and do a good job. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, with Freeletics, there's on top the fact that people are so central to its culture. Um, then it's, uh, it's really like working with friends sometimes um so mm. that brings a lot of baggage uh, on top of everything else so as much as i have on purpose also decided not to very strange for me not to take any books about work reading any articles about work um or anything like that for 10 days i am i don't think i have really achieved that kind of zen moment in which i was like okay i'm refreshed i can start anew so it's gonna be a little bit more um challenging i think just to, to start yeah. what i can recommend is if it's possible for you is to really go away from your place take a even just a weekend somewhere else uh, it's again this feeling of you know commuting um moving from one place to another it really puts you in a different space and therefore your your brain is like okay this is not the same thing as before so yeah. there i think i i made the right call by refusing like my boyfriend he lives still in italy so he was like yeah i can come to munich and we can use your house as a base and then you know go and hike in the mountains and or doing this this and that and i was like nope that's not gonna happen i have to get out of munich now yeah yeah, yeah i realized that too so uh, my wife is uh, Greek, so we not last year, obviously, last year. when we always <laughs> go uh, to my uh, parents-in-law's summer house uh, by the mm. sea in the summer. But we also decided um, basically, yeah, let's just us go somewhere else in a hotel somewhere far away from any relatives. And it's just for all of us, it's just, again, super different. I mean, my parents-in-law are great. But it's still different when you can sort of how you can yes. relax when you're basically away from everyone and everything. Mm -mm. So there, I think we, it was same kind of feeling like I, I was in a place I've never been to. It was close to home, like it's still Italy, but it was a place that I've never been to. We weren't in a hotel or anything. So it was also like limited touch points with people. For a job that requires so much interactions was also important to me at, uh, at that mm -hmm. point. So I had certain criteria that I really wanted to, uh, f for these 10 days to have. 
so I tried to stick to, to them as much as possible. This goes back to uh, what, what I wrote in the notes about, you know, how, how do you recharge your batteries? Because I, I am a very, I have a very bubbly personality, as I said, more than once, I think also on this, on this podcast, mm -hmm. I, I, I do like to interact yeah. with people. Uh, I miss a lot, for example, working from the office because of all these little interactions, but I knew I do need time away from, um, from, from people too, uh, frankly speaking, because there's, I give so much to them during the day that then at the end of the day, I need time to, for myself. So this was one of the, one of the criteria, the change of scenery was also one of them. One of them was that it had to be by the sea because I haven't been in Italy for almost two years now uh, i mean i was there last summer so but still it's one year actually yeah my hometown is on the seaside and i do miss the sea a lot and this mm -hmm. year that we have been basically reclusion um that was that is also something else that helps me recharge my batteries like the smell of the sea the just looking at the horizon and not seeing anything there um so all these little things um what i'm trying to say is that for for really being able to to have this to turn the page and 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 become a new person in a way figure out what is important for you what are the minimum criteria for uh what what makes you feel good and uh, and try to check as many marks uh of uh, on that list um, as i said um. i didn't bring anything from from work so it was a little bit hard frankly speaking because my Twitter, like I am a power user in terms of like I I use Twitter a lot, but I'm also not a power user in terms of like I don't on purpose. I also just use the website because of you know it makes the barrier a little bit higher, so I don't go there yeah. as often. It's harder to track whatever I do, blah blah blah, a bunch of different things. Going on Twitter means that I also see a lot of the usual people that I uh, follow for work. So there was that. And I think that was a bit of a mistake too. Um, I haven't given back my laptop yet. So also my, my Slack account, my email account, they're still active. I don't have notifications on my phone, but they're just a tap away, right? Uh, so I could still uh, every now and then go and check if everything was cool. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a good move. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I... I... Some years ago, I decided to go on holiday without computer mm, because I'm, I mean, I'm also not a manager and I think people can just do that job without me anyway. I mean, people should be able to do their job without you, especially if you are a manager. If mm, you look at things in a, again, 3.0 management kind of way, because you're not supposed to be there for giving them directions or like to give them tasks. And assign things you should be there because they need your help to clear out the way and people should be able to do a sane amount of work without you being around for a couple of weeks <laughs> that should be fine mm, um, that's true yeah i brought my laptop just because i knew we were recording that's oh so it's my fault <laughs> it's our fault yes <laughs> not your fault it's our fault but <laughs> you know yeah but yeah, that was the only reason. I I was really trying to not 
don't do anything. It's really hard to keep the intent for me, at least. Uh, so I, I brought a couple of books and I loved reading since I'm a kid. I'm still half a book behind my schedule uh, for these, these holidays because the phone is so easy to reach. Ah, this is true. It's really tough. But yeah, so I also tried not to use this couple of weeks to... I think I did the same thing in December for the uh, Christmas holidays. I tried not to uh, use that time for side products either. And that, again, helps a little bit with uh, recharging batteries. Mm, that's true. Ah, holidays. Yeah, I'm thinking now I'm thinking about holidays as well. And I, how I <laughs> probably would need one as well. <laughs> time will come. Time will come. I will come. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there, then I would add another piece of advice to the managers out there. I don't know how it is in your in your company at the moment, but the way I've been brought up by my direct manager was that as engineers, as software engineers, we should have enough time during the week or during our working hours to also do our, you know, personal development, professional development. I mean, some things might cater even if they are not exactly software engineering, but for example, I don't know, knitting might not be, you know, personal development that can be done during working hours, but whatnot. I mean, it depends. But anyways, so what I always encourage the people in my team to do, I go a great length to defend that also for them, to, to shield them from, from other requests is that uh, they should dedicate some time during working hours to that whatever interests them. And it can be something that, is, you know, it's just another language or it's a specific thing that, you know, that itch that you cannot scratch anytime at any other time during, you know, sprint work. Uh, again, air quotes. I've seen that being really difficult to achieve as a manager personally because probably for because of a false sense of duty towards the people I manage and towards the the partnership with team leadership. It was like, these people need my presence in, in certain things. Therefore, the sprint work, again, fills up everything, right? So I, I didn't really had a lot of time to dedicate to my personal development in terms of like, technical things or reading or stuff like that. I was able to carve, I think, one hour every week, maybe mm -hmm. something like that on average. Um, that's not a lot. Uh, so what I do, I use a lot of my free time to do that. And that goes back to filling your life with your work. And that doesn't help. Yeah, I did that too for a long time. Mm. But at some point I stopped and I just... I, these days, I don't really check Twitter. I don't really read blogs anymore. Mm. I don't really do any, much work-related, apart from listening to maybe one or two podcasts. Yeah. I mean, here at this company, at least for uh, for, for me, it's, it's kind of nice because we have basically every second Friday at our disposal for stuff that, like that. Yeah. Which is kind of cool when you have a whole day for this. So that you don't have to, I don't know, put it somewhere in between in some small chunks. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how uh, how many people are actually doing this apart from the engineers. So in theory, it's also for the product owners, the uh, QA people and everyone in that department. 
I don't know. It it should be really for everyone. I mean, in theory it is, and but of course you're not forced to do stuff, and I'm not sure how many people outside of development do it. But yeah, that is actually kind of nice because then you can sink your teeth into a bit bigger things that take a bit longer yeah. to figure out. What I tried to do in this time, holiday time, was also to reassess a little bit of my priorities. So this is one of the things that is kind of like a New Year's uh, resolution. I would like to have something like that. Uh, so like block time away for for doing this during working hours because in mm -hmm. the end what i'm doing is also beneficial to the company so i don't see why i shouldn't do that um so that could be that is one of the good intent for uh, when i'm starting a new um mm -hmm. and i've also tried to use this time to you know that infamous question i was like where where do you want to be in five years from now ten years from now um <laughs> So in five years from now, what I'm thinking is that I'm still going to do something like what I'm doing right now, still in software engineering or, you know, something, something like that, still kind of like a manager. I don't know exactly which position, but, you know, kind of like eh, I can still see myself working in 10 years. I'm not sure I want to still do that. <laughs> okay. So what I'm thinking uh, is that your tweet Uh, to my tweet <laughs> wasn't that far as I said it might be in Italy but it might be somewhere else but uh, I was thinking about what gives me joy and what gives me joy is as I said interacting with people to some extent share with them what what I know I like history I like art I like I, I'm not an artist I just like reading about art uh, I like uh, reading as I said um, I like to bake I like to feed people so I was thinking that <laughs> a good compromise could be something like, you know, opening my own uh, Airbnb or BNB, something like that. If I have a spare room or something, having people around, showing them around the city or whatever it is uh, that, that I'm going to be. And just most of the time chilling in a place where there's <laughs> there's the sea, because that's what import oh. what's important to me. So nice and all these things in the end i mean jokes aside all these things in the end are the things that should guide you in your in your career development what is that you want to do what are what are the things that are important to you that 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 move you every day and uh, that is what you should should aim at um, because in the end none of this as much as it matters Right now, in the moment, in the heat of the discussion and whatnot, none of this actually matters in the end. So my goodbye to uh, to my company uh, in my email was along the lines of, this is what we are here on earth to do, chilling fundamentally. We are lucky enough uh, <laughs> to be in... in uh, in, uh, in countries and in, uh, in industries that allow us to do that. So make it count. Make it fun. Yeah, that is true. We are in a very, very good position these mm -hmm. days as software uh, developers and sort of uh, similar in similar positions that we can basically demand a lot of uh, freedom and yes. do many things in the way that are fun for us because if companies try to make it less fun, then you just go somewhere else. Exactly. And not everyone can do that. Uh, so it's a very privileged position. <laughs> and make use of it. 
make use of it. And I'm, I'm still scared to do that. Like one of the reasons why I didn't take more days in between jobs is that it's not the first reason, but it's one of the reasons. It's just that for me, it's inconceivable to just, you know, leave a job without having anything in the pipeline. Um, I was like, oh my God, or uh, not having an income for, for a month or two. That's just how I grew up. It, like, I, frankly, I don't need, I could stop working for like three months and it wouldn't really make a difference uh, in my lifestyle, but it just doesn't feel right to me. Sounds, sounds great. That. With two kids and a family and a house, it's not quite that way, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's part of my privilege because I do recognize that being as, I mean, I'm not single because I have a boyfriend, but he's autonomous. Uh, I, I have my income. Uh, I don't have anything like I have a very small mortgage somewhere, but that's it. Um, it's like, it doesn't make any difference uh, in, uh, in, at the end of the month. I could do that. I, I still wasn't able to do that. But if you can do that. And that sounds like the end of our episode, I think. Yes. <laughs> I have, think fun. It, we, <laughs> have fun. Have fun is what we're trying to say in this one hour, basically. All right. Where can people find you, Monica, if you're not somewhere by the sea? In yes. If I'm not on the seaside, not watching actively at my phone, um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, at KF Molly with an I, and uh, you can find me on Dev2 uh, and uh, GitHub as Nirnaid, or you can find me on my website, monicag.me. And you can find me sitting in front of my computer, not on holiday <laughs> right now, which makes me even more sad the more we talk about your holiday. <laughs> I was merciful, I didn't send you any pictures. <laughs> well, I can, can imagine how it looks like. I don't need the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so you can also find me on Twitter as UJH sometimes. And that's it, basically. From my side. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you block. Come on. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this podcast I do. Yes. Um, and if you want to reach us, uh, you can also email us at hosts at expandingbeyond.it. Um, so dear listeners, uh, thank you for listening. And you, Monica enjoy the rest of your holiday thank you oh don't don't watch linkedin while you are on holiday that's nah don't do that <laughs> no <laughs> have a lovely evening people bye bye bye